I am the stone that the builder refused. I am the visual, the inspiration that made ladies sing the blues. I'm the spark that makes your idea bright. The same spark that lights the dark so that you can know your love from your right. I am the ballad in your box, the bullet in the gun, the inner glow that let you know to call your brother son. The story that just begun, the promise of what's to come. And I'ma remain a soldier till the war is won. won. <laughs> Hello everyone, I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. Thank you for tuning in to this evening's episode of the Warm Up Podcast where I discuss all things health, wellness, and fitness related. I am your host, Chris Fuller. In this evening's episode, I'd like to discuss the topic of degenerative disc disease and what it is. What is degenerative disc disease? DDD is a medical condition in which there are anatomical changes and a loss of function in varying degrees of one or more of your intervertebral discs in the spine of sufficient magnitude as to cause symptoms. The root cause is thought to be a loss of soluble proteins within the fluid contained in the disc with resultant reduction of the pressures in the spine, which in turn can cause loss of fluid volume. It could shrink the discs in between the vertebrae, causing the structures to compress and cause pain. The normal downward forces uh, that cause effects to the disc uh, makes a person lose a bit of their height uh, and the distance between the spaces of the vertebrae get reduced. Um, like the rigid outer shell of the disc becomes weaker. Uh, the loss of the height causes the laxicity of the ligaments along the spine, uh, which may allow for either an anterior or posterior or a lateral shift of the vertebrae. This is called a subluxation or a least or a listhesis of the vertebral bodies, which causes the facet joints, the little bony processes that you can see down the middle of your back. Uh, to have um, misalignments and it can cause arthritis, scoliosis, cervical hyperlordosis, or curvature in the spine or hypokinesis or uh, lumbar hypolordosis. Um, the narrowing of the spaces available for the spinal tract within the vertebrae called the spinal steno- called spinal stenosis or narrowing of the space through which a spinal nerve exists. This is called a vertebral foramen stenosis. Foramen is Latin for whole, uh, with resulting inflammation and an impingement of the spinal nerve. This can cause radiculopathy, which is nerve pain. So DDD can cause mild to severe pain. It can be either acute or chronic. It could be near another involved disc, uh, as well as causing nerve pain if it's near an adjacent nerve root that's involved in that area. Um, diagnosis is suspected within uh, typical symptoms and physical findings are present um, and they can be confirmed by x-rays. Uh, of the vertebral column. Occasionally, uh, radiological diagnosis of disc degeneration is made incidentally when the cervical x-ray or a chest x-ray or an abdominal x-ray is taken for other reasons and these abnormalities of the spine can be recognized uh, right off the back. The diagnosis of degenerative disc disease is not a radiological diagnosis since the interpretation of the test is not aware 
uh, as to whether the symptoms are present or not. Typical radiographic findings include disc space narrowing or a displacement of the vertebral bodies. They're not all straight down your back. They have you know, misalignments. Um, fusions or of, of the adjacent vertebral bodies and findings include uh, the development of bone uh, in adjacent soft tissues called osteophyte formation. Um, an MRI is typically reserved for those uh, with symptoms, signs, and x-ray findings that suggest the need for a cervical intervention. So the treatment for DDD includes chiropractic care to reduce pain and increase any reduced range of motion uh, of the spine. Uh, physical therapy, which is what I provide uh, for patients, they present with a multitude of different issues, but the, the uh, most patients that I see are either cervical or uh, lumbar uh, uh, pain uh, patients who have issues in that area. Um, so there's physical therapy uh, for pain relief and range of motion and appropriate muscle strengthening and conditioning with an emphasis on correcting, correcting abnormal posture and assisting uh, with the vertebral muscles and stabilizing the spine. Also, there's a lot of core development and strengthening, stretching exercises. Uh, there are massage therapists that come in and help to manipulate the tissues. Um, you can take oral oral pain meds or uh, non-steroidal non anti-inflammatory agents. Uh, there are topical, uh, topical aids that have lidocaine. Um, now that uh, CBD is popular, we used, I, I like to use uh, CBD laced with menthol and camphor as a topical pain analgesic. The patients love it. Um, then, and I also use ice and heat. Immediate surgery may be indicated if the symptoms are severe uh, and or have a sudden or are sudden in an onset or there is a sudden or worsening symptom um, elective surgery may be indicated after six months of conservative therapy with unsatisfactory reliefs or symptoms so the idea is to try to exhaust all forms of 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 uh, natural care before a surgery is warranted. So what are the signs and symptoms of degenerative disc disease? Well, DDD can result in lower back or upper neck pain. Uh, the amount of degeneration does not correlate well with the amount of pain that patients experience. This is why we have patients go through a pain scale of one to 10. Um, one being the least amount of pain. 10 is like, oh my God, this is just killing me right now. Um, many people experience no pain at all, while others uh, with the same amount of damage have severe or chronic pain. It's just our physiology is different. Um, whether a patient experiences pain or not, that largely depends on the location of the affected disc and the amount of pressure that is being put on the spinal column and the surrounding nerve roots. Nevertheless, DDD is one of the most common sources of back pain and affects approximately 30 million people every year with symptomatic uh, disc degenerative disease. Uh, the pain can vary depending on the location of the affected disc, like I said before, and the degeneration, the, the degenerated disc uh, in the lower back can result in lower back pain. Sometimes it can radiate to the hips and as well as down through the buttocks and the thighs and the leg. And it can also incite sciatic nerve pain. Um, if pressure is being placed on the nerves exposed 
by the pulpus, the protruding disc, you would get sporadic tingling or weakness uh, through the knees uh, and again through the legs as well. A degenerated disc in the upper neck uh, will often result in pain to the neck or arm or shoulders or hands. That whole brachial plexus from uh, the cervical spine all the way down through the arms and the fingertips. Um, the tingling in the fingers may also be evident if nerve impingement is starting to occur. Pain is most commonly felt or worsened by movements such as sitting, bending, lifting, and twisting. So after an injury, some of the discs become painful because of the inflammation and the pain comes and goes. Uh, it's like a lamp that flickers on and off. You know, if you put the wall socket of a lamp partially into the wall, it starts to flicker. That is the best example that I give to my patients when I'm trying to help them understand or explain why they feel the way that they feel um, when they're presenting uh, with these signs and symptoms. Some people have nerve endings that penetrate more deeply uh, into the outer layer of the of the disc than others. So this makes the disc more likely to generate pain. It's easily um, easy to get inflamed. Um, the alternative, the healing of the of trauma to uh, the disc may result in the innervation of the scar tissue and a pain impulse from that disc. And these nerves become inflamed. Um, the degenerative disc disease can lead to a chronic uh, debilitating condition and can have a serious negative impact on a person's quality of life. I mean, I've seen people who uh, presented with um in topic postures, leaning to one side. Some people have difficulty standing straight up. They can't even sit. I mean, it's low back pain is no joke. Um, when pain from the degenerative disc disease is so severe, traditional non-operative treatment may be ineffective. So what are the causes of degenerative disc disease? Well, it's going to happen to all of us. Um, naturally, DDD is an age-related progression, okay? Um, the older we get, the less and less fluid that uh, the discs are going to have between the vertebrae. So it's important to stay hydrated. I'll stay on, I'll touch on that uh, later. But um, there is a disc between each of the vertebrae in the spine. A healthy, well-hydrated disc will contain a great deal of water uh, in its center, in the center of the disc. This is known as the nucleus pulpus, which provides cushioning and flexibility for the spine. It acts like a shock absorber. Uh, much of the mechanical stress that is caused uh, by everyday movements uh, is transferred to the disc within the spine, and the water that's the water content within uh, our fluid-filled sacs in the discs um, within them allows them to effectively absorb uh, the shock of our movements and gravity pulling down on us. At birth, a typical human uh, vertebrae or uh, disc will contain about 80% water. However, naturally, daily stresses and minor injuries can cause these discs to gradually lose water. Um, as they get rigid and the outer shell of the disc starts to weaken. Uh, because DDD is largely due to natural daily stress, the American Academy of Orthopedic Manual Physical Therapists have suggested it's not truly a disease process. 
the water the water loss makes the disc less flexible and the result is in the gradual collapse and the narrowing of the gap in the spinal column um, as the space between the vertebrae gets smaller, the extra pressure that's built up can be placed on the disc, causing tiny cracks or tears uh, in that disc. Uh, if enough pressure is exerted, it is possible for the disc material to start to seep out and leak through that tear um, and can cause what is called a herniated disc. Very common. As the two vertebrae above and below the affected disc begin to collapse, upon one another the facet joints the bony processes at the back of the spine are forced to shift which can affect the function additionally uh, the body can react to the closing of the gap between the vertebrae by creating bone spurs the little bony protrusions as the body tries to uh, heal itself or compensate for the issue um, around the disc spaces in an attempt to stop the excess motion um, this can cause issues if the bone spur starts to grow into the spinal canal and puts pressure on the spinal cord itself and the surrounding nerve roots, uh, as it can cause pain and affect nerve functioning. This condition is called spinal stenosis. It's the narrowing of the spine. So for women, there's evidence that menopause and related estrogen loss are associated with lumbar disc degeneration. We're seeing a few uh, female patients that are experiencing that are presenting with that uh, uh, issue as well. Um, usually occurring during the first 15 years uh, of their climacteric cycle. Uh, the potential role of sex hormones in the etiology of degenerative skeletal disc disorders is being discussed between both genders. So, uh, interestingly, um, research is being done on this issue. Uh, mutations in several genes have been implicated in intervertebral disc degeneration. Um, probable candidate genes include uh, type 1 collagen, um, vitamin D receptors. Um, these types of mutations in the gene um, that encode for proteins and enzymes uh, involved in the regulation of the extracellular matrix, the stuff that's within the inside of the cell, uh, has been shown to contribute to lumbar disc herniation. So what is the mechanism of action behind degenerative disc disease? Like, how does this happen? Well, degenerative discs typically show degeneration in the cartilage. Uh, and clusters of uh, chondrocytes and this is suggestive of a repair so inflammation uh, inflammation may or may not be present um, an examination of this fragments um, can can be examined uh, to be able to determine whether or not DDD is present so the diagnosis of degenerative disc disease would usually consist of uh, an analysis of the patient's medical history, uh, physical examination, which is what I uh, typically do with the patients um, to see how they're able to move around um, and look for triggers, uh, certain movements that cause that cause pain and also paying paying attention to uh, the pain scales from one to ten, what they tell me and their uh, their history. Um a physical exam uh, is designed to is, is designed to reveal 
uh, whatever muscle weaknesses that they have, tendernesses or poor range of motion. And an x-ray is used to confirm the diagnosis and rule out other causes. So there are multiple treatments for degenerative disc disease. Often, DDD can be successfully treated without surgery. Uh, One or more uh, combination of treatments such as physical therapy, anti-inflammatory medications, um, using traction or epidural steroid injections often provide relief for these troubled symptoms. Um, Surgery can be recommended if the uh, conservative treatment options don't provide relief within uh, within the first two to three months. So if a patient's leg or back pain limits normal activity, uh, if there is weakness or numbness in the legs, if it's difficult to walk or stand, or if the medication or even physical therapy that's being provided is ineffective, then surgery, surgery is definitely warranted. Uh, most often, uh, spinal fusion. Um, There are many surgical options uh, for the treatment of degenerative disc disease, um, including anterior or posterior approaches. Now, what that means is how is the incision going to be made? Are they going to do this in the front of the body or the back of the body? The most common surgical treatments uh, for DDD um, include an anterior cervical discectomy. Um, You have uh, cervical corpectomy. Uh, let's see, what are some of the others? Dynamic stabilization, a facectomy, a foramenotomy, um, intervertebral disc angioplasties, intervertebral disc arthroplasties, a laminoplasty, laminotomy, um, microdisectomy, percutaneous disc decompression, spinal decompression, spinal laminectomy. I mean, the list goes on and on of all of these different types of treatments that uh, are used to help degenerative disc disease. So traditional approaches in treating patients with DDD uh, resultant in herniated discs include a discectomy, which is in essence is a spine related surgical procedure that involves removing the damaged piece of the disc or the whole disc um, in general. Um, The former of these two uh, discectomy techniques involves opening the discectomy, uh, which is called a subtotal discectomy. Um, and then the latter is a limited discectomy. However, with either technique, the probability of postoperative reherniation exists. So even though you have the surgery, there's still the possibility that you can move the wrong way and slip the disc again. Okay, so. This is considerably high with a maximum of 21% uh, prompting patients to potentially undergo a recurrent surgery. Again, I have seen so many patients who have went through these operations and still have had issues uh, uh, with with uh, their uh, the discs in the spine um, even after going through surgeries. So I touched on how... Uh, being dehydrated can cause problems with degenerative disc disease. So I'm going to elaborate on that a bit more. So you might think that your spine is mostly bone, right? No. Um, But there's actually a lot of water in the spinal discs uh, and it's tucked away in between the vertebrae, the bones of the spine. So these discs act like shock absorbers. 
they enable the spine to support weight and provide flexibility to the spine. The water content of the disc helps them carry out this role. Um, when the disc loses water, they no longer work well, obviously, and this can cause a lot of low back pain problems or pain radiating anywhere throughout the regions of the spine. Um, the disc naturally lose some water as you age, as I spoke about before, but dehydration can also occur when you're not getting enough water to drink, either by itself or in the blood. So if dehydration is severe enough, it may increase the risk of injury to the spine and aggravate any existing spinal condition that you already have. So what does, how does water support a healthy spine? Well, the spinal disc contain up to 85% water. Um, most of the water is present in the soft center of the discs. Okay, I touched on that earlier. That's called your nucleus pulposus. Uh, the tough outer ring of the disc, the annulus fibrosus, also contains water, but in lower amounts. Uh, the high water content in the disc helps the spine function normally. Okay. Um, the spine can resist being compressed during activities when you have enough water. Um, when you're sitting or standing, the spinal disc get compressed by the weight. Okay, this is known as load. Uh, they that they are supporting. So this causes some of the water to be squeezed out, kind of like wringing a, a wet towel. Um, the water can be squeezed out and there are some there's some research that shows that spinal discs in the lower in the lower back the lumbar spine lose about 20 percent of their water uh, over the course of the day's activity so this is why it's so important for individuals who are physically active and you hit the gym like super hard you have got to drink water at least a gallon depending on how uh, intensely that you're working out so you may laugh when you see a bunch of guys and girls walking around with these huge water filled containers, but it's very important to stay hydrated because when you sweat, you're going to lose all of your impurities, all, the, uh, uh, all of the necessary uh, um, uh, fluids that you need to keep your spine from being decompressed. Again, those discs act like shock absorbers. Okay. So you have to be adequately hydrated. It's important to continuously rehydrate the, these critical structures in order to provide cushioning to your spine. Okay, this will lower the risk of back pain and and of any other developing conditions. Okay, so can dehydration cause back pain? Well, yeah, if the body is dehydrated, it may not be able to replenish the water in the spine. Um this can make it hard for the discs to cushion the vertebrae and re and it also will reduce flexibility uh, of the spine. So if the water content of the disc drops, uh, the disc no longer has functioning. It won't function normally. Uh, this, this dehydration can lead to some of the most de debilitating symptoms um, you can imagine. However, while severe dehydration can affect the water content of the spine, uh, they usually lose some water as you age. So everyone's spine changes differently. Um, there is one study. Um, let's see what the name of this study. So there is one study. Um, it was done by 
the Eindhoven University of Technology on aging and degenerative changes in the intervertebral disc and their impact on spinal uh, impact on spinal flexibility, where it talked about the water content uh, of the center part of the disc can decrease from 85% at age 14 to about 75% at age 91. The outer ring of the disc can also lose water, but to a lesser degree. Uh, the changes to the spine, uh, to the spinal disc, also occur uh, as you age. Together, these can lead to degenerative disc disease, a condition that's very common in older adults. So, how can you stay hydrated? Well, many studies done in people uh, of hydration and spine health have looked at age-related disc degenera- degeneration. So, it's clear how dehydrated you need to be before your spine is affected but that doesn't mean um, you should neglect drinking enough water each day so drink plenty of water it's important everyone especially if 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 you have a history of this in the family okay um, hydration helps to curb the appetite as well Uh, which could be beneficial for those who are overweight or obese or dealing with arthritis. It helps to flush toxins out of the body. So staying hydrated is also so important for other aspects of your health, including your heart health and uh, protecting yourself from getting heat stroke clearly. So how much water should you drink per day to stay hydrated? Well, many people have heard the rule, drink at least eight ounces, eight ounce glasses of water a day. Well, this saying has been around for a real long time, but there's still not a lot of science to back it up. So most people would do fine by drinking water when they're thirsty. Uh, the thirst instinct is very reliable when you're younger. If you're thirsty, you drink. However, in older adults, uh, it may become um, a bit inaccurate. Um, so m- many people need to be mindful of staying hydrated. So I tell you, when I'm working with these patients and I always say, are you getting enough water to drink every day? All oh, the younger patients are like, yeah, I drink about a gallon or more a day or uh, I'm at the gym. I make sure I get a gallon in. And when I'm not at the gym, I still try to get I still try to get at least 64 fluid ounces in throughout the day. And then I'm asking the older patients, like, are you drinking enough water? And they're like, no. Some of them will flat out just tell me no or I can catch them and lie because they don't want to lie to their provider. But it is important to make sure that you stay extremely hydrated. All right. It's very important to the functioning of your spine. So, of course, there are times where you're going to need to increase your fluid intake, like during exercise or in hot weather or uh, if you're sick with vomiting and diarrhea. So when you are thirsty, what fluid should you reach for? Well, water is always a good option, but the most fresh foods also contain water, especially fruits and vegetables. Other beverages can work too, but you should be careful not to consume too many calories in a liquid form. And alcohol is a diuretic, and so is coffee. Uh, so you could avoid... Uh, you so you could end up losing some of the water uh, in your urine if you're drinking those beverages as well so whichever hydration method you choose just keep in mind that you're doing it for your health 
including the health of your spine. Hydration is a very simple aspect of spinal health, which commonly gets overlooked. So this basic wellness component can make a big difference in avoiding spinal conditions, especially lessening the occurrences of degenerative disc disease. This has been the Warm Up Podcast. I am your host, Chris Fuller. Until next time, keep moving. Peace. I am the stone that the builder refused. I am the visual, the inspiration that made ladies sing the blues. I'm the spark that makes your idea bright. The same spark that lights the dark so that you can know your love from your right. I am the ballad in your box, the bullet in the gun, the inner glow that let you know to call your brother son. The story that just begun, the promise of what's to come. And I'm going to remain a soldier till the war is won. <laughs> chop, chop, chop. <laughs>